What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of A Yank in a Swede, a Premier League podcast. I'm Sebastian Oren, your Swede, with me, Elliot Niblock, your Yank. I'm feeling a little bit better. My cold is, I would say, 90% gone. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Elliot, you're drinking a smoothie. I got to call you out on that. What do you mean, call me out on it? It's great. I Like, you know, it's why good for you, the body. Why would you drink a smoothie for lunch? Uh, I can see if it were breakfast, you're in a hurry, you're going somewhere, you're going to class, you're going to work. But No, this is the first food that I've had today that isn't coffee, therefore I'm breaking my fast so it is breakfast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm very bad at eating, you know, right off the bat when I wake up. Uh, so yeah. I, I do usually do some form of liquid breakfast, like a shake or a, a smoothie of some sort. But that's basically... You eat a milkshake for breakfast? No, like a protein shake. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's I mean, basically is... just so I can start pouring down coffee down my gullet. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I am terrible to my stomach and put acidic coffee into my mouth as yeah, soon I as I wake up without any food. That's what I want to do, but I can't. I've learned that the hard way way too many times. Yeah, well... Teach their own, but yes. now I'm drinking spinach. It's great. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> hey, I've got to counteract it. Arsenal play in less than an hour, so I'm going to start drinking beer in less than an hour. So I've got to lay down the foundation for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, they got their first game against Bate Borisov here coming up as we record. So we'll talk more about that in our next episode. But let's get over to the Champions League. We'll talk about that first, and then we'll take a look ahead at what's coming up this weekend in the Premier League. So we have the first couple of games in the uh, round of 16. If we uh, transport back to Tuesday and Manchester United against PSG. Uh, when talking ahead of this game, we both you know, gave United a shot. I, I still don't yeah. think that they were favorites in any way, shape or form. But we no, gave them of course a, not. Give them a good shot to get a positive result with both Neymar and Cavani out. But that was not to happen. PSG took a uh, 2 nothing win. And uh, as the little icing on the shit cake for United, Paul Pogba got sent off in the 89th minute after picking up a second yellow card. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, a friend of mine is uh, here in Charlottesville as a United supporter and was saying that he felt that PSG deserved to win, which I... You know, agreed. Uh, although he felt that Pogba's second yellow was harsh, and I disagree with that. I think that's a soft red, hundred percent of the time. That was definitely a yellow card. Uh, but yeah, bit of insult to injury. But it's not as though they got you know run out of Old Trafford the way that we were talking about. They you know how they might back before Jose was fired. They, I mean, they could have. I think PSG had a lot of chances, a lot of open open space in behind the back line. They should have won with more. I think if they would have had Neymar and Cavani, it would have been more. So yeah, I think that's, from that that's standpoint, fair. yeah, two nothing doesn't look too bad on paper. But United were never in this game. Yeah, uh, it was it was it was a PSG show. Um, I mean, there's one uh, one shot that I remember that took a deflection that very nearly could have gone into the net. I I still I think the most frustrating thing for our you know United supporters listeners. Is that, yeah, okay, maybe of the 12 shots that PSG had, uh, Cavani, Neymar convert a couple more, but 
They still got almost half of them on target with five, whereas United was 10 shots, one, one on target. And that is, you know, even if you're going to struggle to keep a team with players like Kylian Mbappe from running in behind, you know, he can run in behind all the best defenses in the world, right? But, you know, you're going to assume that, but you you got to be a little more clinical in the final third. I think that's where the real frustration will be. you know, kind of coming away from this match for United. Yeah, also picked up injuries on both Lingard and Martial, which was not good. So it was, it was just a bad night overall. I think Alexis Sanchez came on and was extremely poor. And yeah. Solskjaer basically saying, like, I can't do anything more for him. You know, it's up to him now to show show it on the pitch to find his game. Yeah, I mean, I thought that scoring that goal against Arsenal could really help him kick on. But, you know, perhaps that was his... Uh, one goal swan song before departing Manchester in the summer, which I would be shocked if he was a United player come fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be hard to get rid of that salary, though. He has such a high salary. I don't know, though. I mean, I, it's the the reality of it. I mean, look at, again, you know, how much, how accurate David Ornstein's reporting is. He tends to be, you know, he's not called the Ornacle for nothing. He, his sources are very strong. He's well-respected in the football journalism world for good reason. But, you know, whether Ramsey's earning 400000 at Juve before taxes, after taxes, what exactly the number is, either way, you know, Ramsey is a great player who I'm sad to lose. But that kind of money for someone who... It, nobody's going to tell you is the best midfielder in the Premier League, probably not even going to make the conversation for the five best midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah. And he's commanding that kind of cash. You know, the the inflation that we see in transfer prices is, you know, just it's mirrored in wages. Perhaps the mirroring is happening more slowly, um, or maybe it's just those big kind of price tags get the headlines a little more. But I think that... The the quote-unquote crazy wages that Alexis Sanchez are on are going to be increasingly middle of the road in the next couple of years. And there, there are plenty of clubs that would gladly pay him that. I think the real question is just going to be how much is that going to chip away at the price tag for the player? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Right? I can see Ramsey getting that you know big fat contract due to the fact that he's coming on a free. Sanchez mm-hmm. is not going to come on a free. You're still going to have to pay a transfer fee which hurts. I don't know if you can sell him off to a Chinese club, maybe. I mean, is uh, is he willing to go to China at this point, or does he still feel like he has something to give in Europe? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, It's he, maybe less give and more prove at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah that's I, true. But I also think that it's not, it, it's not unthinkable that they find a club that's willing to buy him in in Europe, right? I, I don't think that that's, that's out of the question. I mean, allegedly his wages are close to that number for Ramsey, north of, you know, 350000 a week. Um, but yeah, so that maybe that means that United have to sell him on the cheap, but they'd be better off pocketing, I don't know, 10, 12 million pounds and taking those wages off the books than oh, yeah. paying him to mostly sit on the bench and be an occasional and mostly ineffectual sub no absolutely true yeah we'll see how things shake out in the summer there for united uh we should say roma took a two to one win over porto in the other game on tuesday a couple of goals by uh nicolo saniolo 
all of 19 years old. Yeah, um, always always on the lookout for that next, I don't, I don't want to say next Mbappe, but that's maybe a little little heavy weight to put on the shoulders. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's good for Roma. They got some young players coming up. Uh, yeah. So definitely a good win for them there. Uh, moving over to Wednesday, uh, Real Madrid, a 2-1 win on the road against Ajax. <laughs> Did you see the... Uh... The Ajax supporters setting off fireworks outside of Madrid's hotel at three in the morning before the game. No, but that sounds like something they would do. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's you know the it's one of those things. It's such a hard line to walk in football culture when you're you know you're an ultra supporter. Uh, and this, I, I just have to say, I love it. I think it's great. You know, when you attack a team bus. That's horrible. That's crossing a line. But this is the kind of like, yeah, it's some gamesmanship. It's trying to give your team an advantage, but it seems kind of like good fun. Now, did it, if I lived on that street, would I hold the same opinion? <laughs> Maybe not, but I, I think it's fine. I think it's pretty innocent. Yeah, I mean, compared to other stories you've read, you know, throughout the years of people like pulling the fire alarm in uh, visiting teams hotel and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that that that's a little much. Yeah, but fireworks, sure. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Karim Benzema and Marco Asensio with the goals there for Real Madrid, and then Spurs took a three nothing win at home against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Fernando Llorente, Vertonghen, and Hyomin Son with the goals there for Spurs. So that's a very good win for them. Yeah, it is. It'll be disappointing for Dortmund. I, mean, I only got to see about the first quarter of this game. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me was how Christian Pulisic was just all over Serge Aurier. And in, inside of 12 minutes, he forced Aurier into a you know, cynical and necessary yellow on a pullback because Pulisic just went around him as though he wasn't even there. Yeah. Um, and I am... I am sad from an Arsenal perspective that he will be plying his trade for Chelsea next season, but I am excited to see him in the Premier League because, you know, even just from a game, despite losing, right, uh, he he certainly looks the part, and I do not think he's going to find himself out of his depth, with the possible exception of, you know, he might need to bulk up a little to deal with the physicality of the Premier League, but he is a, he is a player who is thrilling to watch and i'm looking forward to that for next season yep and then like we said at the beginning here we got arsenal against Bottenborg so here today thursday and chelsea against malmo so we'll see how uh chelsea react after getting thumped six nothing by manchester city in their last game it will be uh it will be interesting to see because i don't think if they don't get a convincing results against malmo you got to assume that sorry's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, boy, I mean, the tune has changed and gone flat pretty terribly since a few weeks into the season. Um, I mean, it'd be a little harsh by sorry, to be honest. I mean, I think that he's a good manager. We saw Chelsea play with a lot of swagger under him early in the season. Uh, It's, and I, it's it's hard though because they're going into what's going to be a rebuilding period anyways. Again, on the assumption that Hazard, that Eden Hazard is leaving, I think that's what's going to happen. But you lose your really your cornerstone marquee player. Uh, you're coming off the signing of a big name player in Murata that never really panned out. 
yeah, you've got Iguain, but yeah, yeah, he's in his early 30s now. Uh, it's it's a transitional time at Chelsea. And however, we've seen Abramovich be pretty quick to pull the trigger. Certainly you see Chelsea fans with a hashtag sorry out all over Twitter calling for his head. But when you're already kind of facing a sense of transition, then is removing the manager without giving him a full campaign the best the best choice? I really, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I agree with you whether or not it is maybe the best decision for Chelsea Football Club at the moment that unless they handle Malmo easily, he may not be the manager at Stamford Bridge come this weekend. No. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing, too. If, you, if you're going to make that decision, I think with the break coming up here, that's, you know, that's when you do it, really. We've seen that before when we got an international break or something and you're maybe you're not doing that well as you should. Yeah. That, that's sort of the the time to do it because, you know, if we're looking at, uh, if I can just get into Chelsea's uh, damn fixture list here. There we go. So, I mean, you got Malmö, then you got FA Cup coming up because we got FA, yep, FA, this FA, weekend. Cup, FA Cup this weekend instead of the Premier League. You play Manchester United, then you play Malmo again, and then you play City in the Carabao Cup final. Yep. So, I mean, but that's that's the thing though is that I really feel, although it's losing losing the fan base, that's a that's a problem. Losing the dressing room, bigger problem. Uh, I don't think that he's lost either at this point, but. But, you know, in that final against City, it's it's not unthinkable that they hammer Malmo in Sweden today. And a few months down the line, we look back and let's say Chelsea managed to beat City in that final, right? Which, of course, the League Cup for Manchester City is a, you know, very, very far down the hierarchy of the game. The, competitions are concerned in you know i mean it's number four it's clearly number four yeah it's clearly number four but not only it's clearly number four for them and a lot of other teams right but but they're the only one of those other teams in which you know well obviously everybody else is out because it's a cup final right but like it's a two-horse race for the title and so like yeah of course you know, teams that are playing in multiple different competitions are concerned about the Premier League, but they have a shot at silverware in the Premier League. So, yet let's say Chelsea wins that. We could be looking back in May at Sarri still in charge of Chelsea, saying, all right, that wasn't a bad season. You've got silverware. It's a rebuilding time. Fine, move forward. I, I personally, if I'm in Abramovich's shoes, I'm, first of all, not going to try to assassinate anyone in London. Second of all, not going to fire Sorry, Give him the rest of the season. See how it pans out. I think he's a quality manager. No, I agree with you that he's a quality manager. I just think that these types of results where you're getting schlacked 6 nothing, Yeah, that was that was going to hurt you a lot. And the fact that you lost against Bournemouth with 4 nothing is also hurting you in this case. Yeah. I mean, honestly, let's say you get a draw. I mean, we'll know. Most of you will probably already know when you listen to this. But let's say you only get a draw on the road against Malmo. That's that's just the name of the game here. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, it's just not stacking up. We're going to have to make a change. And with the fact that you got a little bit of a break until your next league game, 
I don't know. I mean, three losses in your last five in the league, it's just not good enough for Chelsea. And yeah. that's just the nature of the game. We've seen coaches getting, I mean, just remember De Boer. I mean, what did he get? Three games, four games? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, that's an extreme case. But it just moves so quickly here and it, it can turn on you very, very fast. And I, I think he's in really, really deep waters here now. And they would need to thump Malmö, preferably. They would probably need to knock out United out of the FA Cup. Well, here's a question for you. If And I posed a similar question to you about Jose a few months ago. Yes. Let's say they beat Malmo. It's not a, you know, it's not, sorry guys, 6-0 or something like that. But it's 2-0, 1-0, maybe 2-1. You know, not a... Not a scoreline to get really excited about, but a victory nonetheless. And then they lose a hard-fought game to United. Do you think that Sarri loses his job in that case? No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Although, I, I mean, it is Abramo, which we're talking about too, who yeah. has been trigger-happy in the past with managers. So yeah. that might not be enough. Uh, who knows, really? And it, the part of what makes this whole game interesting too, but... Yes, I agree with you that they should stay the course. They should give him a full season and see what happens. We all assume that Hazard is gone in the summer. How can he rebuild the team and stuff like that? I mean, I would even give him an additional season to prove yeah. himself. But it's easy for for us to sit here and say that too. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is that this is not a team. This is a team that has a lot of talent, but a lot of that talent is getting older. You know, I mean, again, I already mentioned Iguain. Uh, William is a sneaky 30 already. Yeah, um, 30. And, you know, great, a great player. Uh, Espilicueta also will be 30 this summer. Um, you know, this is, this is not a really young team. And it's a team that is going to need to be revitalized with youth and have that integrated with these senior players. And, I think the only way to do that is have somebody who has already built up a relationship with some of these senior players. Yeah. And but you know, again, I'm neither of us are probably for better, although worse in our bank accounts. Not Roman Abramovich. True. Very very true. Yeah, we'll see how things shake out. Let's move over to the weekend. As we have no action in the Premier League, we got FA Cup fifth round going on. A couple of smaller teams still in the tournament. First off, we got one game on Friday. That's QPR against Watford. Uh, then Brighton against Derby on Saturday, alongside AFC Wimbledon against Millwall. Newport County going up against Manchester City. And then Sunday, we got Bristol City against Wolves. Doncaster against Crystal Palace. Swansea against Brentford. And then Monday, that big fixture between Chelsea and Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, you know, Chelsea Man U in London is the premier fixture. Uh, I, however, am really excited to see AFC Wimbledon Millwall. I was um, just going to say that. That is a very yeah. interesting fixture. And especially, you know, Wimbledon having just knocked out Premier League side West Ham in the previous round. Uh, also, some people may not know this, but they're uh, partially fan-owned team. Uh, which I think is really great that they uh, kind of saved their uh, supporters came together and saved the club from arbitration a few years back. 
Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they even helped build the stadium, yeah. which is true of a couple of smaller teams in uh, in the continental Europe as well. I'm thinking uh, Union Berlin and Germany in particular. But Wimbledon have never defeated Millwall in any competition, so they're gonna they're gonna need to break a big duck of history on this one. Uh, no, but the fact that they're playing at home helps. Yeah, it does. But it's it's a tall ask. They're you know they're last in League One at this yeah. point, and mm-hmm. looking like they're gonna get relegated to League Two. Um, Millwall, meanwhile, they let's see where they're at. They're twentieth in the championship, so it's not like they're all that stellar either. Yeah, but they all, even though mo- both teams may be relegated this season, then both teams will still be separated by a tier the next. Yeah. So nope, that's true. Yeah, Millwall uh, should be favorites. Our favorites. Uh, I'll still be pulling for Wimbledon. Don't forget to be awesome. Yeah, and I mean it would be nice if Newport County could get something out of Manchester City, even if it's just getting a, a extra time a replay or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll see. I mean, there's a couple of teams where I feel like they could stumble. I, I don't think it's a given that Crystal Palace is going to be Doncaster, even though they're huge favorites. Yeah, which I think is... I, well, and I honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised, although the, the fact that they're playing in Wales helps, but to see um, a Swansea slip up, though, you know, they certainly have a little bit of a... a bit to prove having gone down at the same time that their rivals in Cardiff got promoted. Uh, although we all know just <laughs> that it's not exactly been super peachy for Cardiff, but they're still out of the relegation zone at this point. Yep. No, that's absolutely true. I think it's uh, a lot of, it's sort of now where I think it, the FA Cup starts to get interesting, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, some of the super earlier rounds, yes, that's kind of fun when you got the real minnows. Um, but definitely now when we're starting to see the end of the the tunnel, it's when this tournament really starts to get exciting. I think the League mm-hmm. Cup, the Carabao Cup, I still have a very hard time getting excited for it, even if United would go make it all the way to the final. It's still like, meh. Yeah, it's the. I mean, it's true of many competitions, right? That the the round of sixteen is where it really gets fascinating. Yeah, and I mean that's the nature of the beast too. When it is a bigger club, you know, it's it's a clear hierarchy there. You got Champions League and the Premier League. You know, depending on what club you are, one has a little bit more favor over the other. Then it's the FA Cup, and then it's the League Cup. Yeah, and then it's the world. The world. Club Cup Championship. If oh, God. Know, if you're in that, you know. <laughs> that's distant, distant five. What a, what a ridiculous rodeo. The, honestly, the only match that I've ever watched in the Club World Cup, and I didn't even watch all of it, was before Neymar left Santos, although when the writing was on the wall that he would go to Barcelona, yeah. when they got shellacked by Barcelona in that Club World Cup. But it's just, it's a, I don't know, it, it's silly. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a glorified friendly tournament, really. Mm-hmm. So it sort of is what it is. But let's uh, take a look uh, at the Premier League also as well, because you know we had that. We got to talk about Man City, Chelsea, six nothing to City. That was a. I don't really know how to describe it. Wow, what a game! By Devastating. City. Yeah, what a game for City, and man, did Chelsea look poor. 
Yeah, and you know, even though I don't, I've been singing. Well, maybe not. Maybe singing Sari's praises is a little too strong, but uh, defending his quality as a manager, this was hugely embarrassing. Um, I mean, I can't remember a more embarrassing defeat by a top six side since, gosh, was it now? I think seven years ago when United demolished Arsenal 8-2. 8-2, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's the better the better part of a decade. It, it is the defeat of a decade, or certainly you hope that it is from a Chelsea perspective. Uh, it made me feel a lot better as an Arsenal supporter, having, you know, only lost 3-1 and having had Aguero's hat trick have that big armed asterisk as opposed to this hat trick and, you know, and Arsenal, also Arsenal equalizing as opposed to just getting totally blanked. Um, but, boy, it as, as devastating a loss as it is from a Chelsea perspective, it will nonetheless be equally encouraging from a City perspective about their overall prospects in pushing Liverpool for and maybe also pipping them for the Premier League title. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, City at the top, 65 points. Liverpool also 65 points. They do have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should say Liverpool back on the winning track, 3 nothing against Bournemouth after picking up two straight 1-1 draws, one against Leicester and one against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spurs took a nice 3-1 to win at home against Leicester. So they're sitting good there in third right now, 60 points. And then in fourth, Manchester United after beating Fulham 3-0. No doubt about it in that game. Uh, and then Arsenal getting a 2-1 to win on the road against Huddersfield. So they sit in fifth with 50 points. And Chelsea in sixth now, also 50 points. Oh, Arsenal, we're going we're gonna to get a clean sheet away from home, guys. All right, sounds good. Nope, Kolasinac, own goal, 93rd minute. Yep. <laughs> it's, well, you got you got to laugh. It's just impossible. I mean, at least it didn't cost you two points. Yeah, no, for, for sure, It's which is why I'm laughing about it instead of raving about it. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> and I mean City, really, with that big win, too, goal differential now up to plus 54. Four. They've scored seventy-four goals in twenty-seven games. God, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not quite as like video game statistics as they were last season, but it's still remarkable. Yeah, it's still really, really impressive what they're doing there. So uh, yeah, we definitely got a race there, and then a little bit of a gap between Spurs and United, Arsenal, Chelsea. So uh, it was a, a good weekend for Spurs fans. That's for sure. If they would have, if Arsenal would have dropped points, I think they would have thrown a parade or something. Oh yeah, I mean that's the only way that they're going to get a parade. Sans trophy. Oh. Mm. <laughs> hey, come on! We're looking up at him in the table. I yeah. got to get digs in when I can. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll look forward to all the stuff here late this week and over the weekend, and uh, we'll most likely talk to you again on uh, Monday or Tuesday next week. We'll see. We'll try to get something in here. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot, it's Keats was better. And then give one yank, one sweet a follow as well. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.